This recording is a production of Faith Builders Educational Programs. This presentation was recorded at REACH 2015, a conservative Anabaptist ministry convention hosted by Faith Builders on March 19 and 20, 2015. This class today, <clears throat> my assignment is globally involved families, as you can see, and uh, it is my prayer and my intent, my desire today, that this is a, um, uh, an environment for an exchange of ideas, perhaps uh, clearing our vision, and perhaps planting some seeds in our heart that will motivate us to a deeper involvement in the Lord's work. We are living in a day of unprecedented opportunity. David in the psalm said that God looks at the earth and it trembles. Or he points at the hills and they smoke. Now, I don't have that exact reference, but it just came to my mind. What that may include is that God is using things like earthquakes and volcanoes, as that verse may indicate, along with tsunamis and many other things to open doors into areas that have been unreached. Some of them, at least, are opportunities that may well involve the family. <clears throat> I'm going to tell you a little story just to begin with. Uh, we have spent some time working in Bangladesh with the ESL uh, work. It's English as a second language program. And uh, we met up with a young boy, and here is his story. He said that he was training in Australia, and he was learning English. In fact, he took most of his training in English, and so he had a better command of English than he did Bangla. But he is back in Dhaka, the capital where we are, with a language team. And his story is that he was dating a girl from Australia. She was a believer, he was not. And uh, later, they were actually engaged to be married. She was an acrobat, more of a, an athletic type person. In fact, she was a skydiver. One day, she jumped out of a plane to her death. And it was only a short time before this young man was planning to be married. He was crushed. But just before the accident, his girlfriend had given him a Bible. First exposure to a Bible. He knew of no place to go, excepting he was driven to the Bible. And he began to seek and look for answers for life, and in the process of that journey, he became a believer. However, in Dhaka City, where he lived with his parents, and they are not aware that he's become a believer, he is reading the scriptures, and he sees there what the kingdom of Christ should look like, what people who say they are believers should look like, and how do they live. How do they live life? How, what do they look like? He didn't know. He looked around him and he said there was no one. He didn't know if there was anyone on the face of the earth that looked like and lived like and practiced 
what he found when he read his Bible. One day, some of our team were walking. And this man is also walking. He's on the other side of the street. He looks across and he sees some of our team walking. And he said, those are the kind of people that I've been reading about in the Bible and I haven't found. And he darts across the street and he introduces himself. Short story is he had interest in knowing more about these people who he figured out lived the Bible globally involved families. <clears throat> now, I'm hoping that this workshop, again, will stimulate interest and cause you to move toward greater involvement uh, in, in the building of the kingdom. I'm going to preface my thoughts further today with God's words in Genesis 1, 26 through 28. And God said... Let us make man in our image, after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his image. In the image of God, created he him, are you listening, male and female, created he them, and God blessed them, and God said unto them, be fruitful, and multiply, and replenish the earth, and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. You heard the emphasis as I read these verses, and from here I want to look at a number of principles. Number one, we read here that man was created in the image of God with a capacity to give glory back to God. In fact, we saw that three times if you were following. Spoke, God said something about man in his image. Okay? And then it says that God created them, male and female, and he commanded them to be fruitful, multiply, and replenish the earth. Now remember, we already said here that man and woman are created in God's image, and God is giving them an assignment. Are you following where we're going with this idea. So we have here the introduction of the family, its position and function in global perspective. We have male, female, created in God's image, blessed by God, and given an assignment to replenish the earth. That sounds like a globally involved family, does it not? So the intent here is that the family would model the relationship God desires with his people. Well, let's ask the question. So what were people like at this time? We already said that they were created in God's image. Okay? And they had the blessing of God upon them 
But beyond that, you know what kind of relationship God had with Adam and Eve from the very beginning? God had a perfect relationship with them. It was a relationship that was not broken or affected by sin at this time. My point is that God's assignment to the family was to replenish the earth with people the way the family was known at this time. Does that say something about global involvement for the family? <clears throat> and that the family would model the kingdom of God in the world. It would exemplify the skill of the creator, his purposes, his design, his love, and his care, and all of these things. <clears throat> I'm trying to make the time fit the slot today, so I don't know how we're going to get along here, but we're going to do our best. There are five points that we want to look at today. First of all is the impact of family in a broken world. And I think we would all agree that we are living in a broken world. You don't have to go far outside of these doors to understand that the values of society and the world are broken. Children are an infringement on the pursuits of self. Children are an infringement on what people want to do, like to do, things that cater to the flesh, and so on. Um, and these are all things that underscore the depravity of the kingdom of this world. And the godly family is to stand out in sharp contrast to the brokenness that is around us. I love this scene. Father with the baby in his arms. What a blessing. Oh, there's more over here. Bless God. <clears throat> Second Peter 1 and verse 3 talks about that a little bit, just this idea of values. And it says that according as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him that has called us to glory and virtue, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises that by these we might be partakers of his divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust and exemplifying a better way, the kingdom of Christ. Let's look through... Uh, a couple of ideas here. The Christian family calls attention then to the heart of the Father and his love for all people, just like what I see in front of me here. The heart of Father God to call the world unto himself by his love, demonstrated by Father, Mother, Husband, wife that love children 
And you know, Jesus said that's what the kingdom of heaven is like. Yes? So we have the picture. So the Christian family calls attention to the heart of the Father and his love for all people. The Christian family, secondly, exemplifies the great theme of the Bible. One of the great themes of the Bible, probably the greatest, I think we heard that already at Reach, is God in all his glory. I agree with that. I'm going to add that one of the greatest manifestations of God in all his glory is when sons and daughters, yes, children, are born into the family of God and become part of his kingdom. In that, God receives great glory. It, it's the purpose of God in Jesus Christ. It's the fulfillment of his plan, and it's exemplified by the family. The Christian family exemplifies the great theme of the Bible. The Christian family exemplifies the body of Christ, the church. And we could talk about that, how parents actually care for their children, what goes on inside the four walls of the house, and how that so beautifully exemplifies the church. And it's working together, its parts and its functions. And fourthly, the Christian family exemplifies values as respect, joy, peace, dependence, forgiveness, and many others. These are things that jump out, just like a candle in the dark, especially in a Muslim world. Because things like respect, joy, peace, forgiveness, dependence, and so on are sadly lacking among so many. If you've been in a Muslim culture, you know. People make deductions about your life and your message as they observe your family and their relationships. For example, they notice your rules, they notice your disciplines, they notice the relationships between husband and wife, father and mother, and how they complement each other. The father is involved with ministry. The mother is the human quotient. And the nationals are going to form negative or positive impressions concerning your message to them based on how your teaching corresponds with your walk. And when they see that what you are telling them corresponds with how you are living your life, especially as it relates to family, this is extremely powerful. Developing a worldview in our families enhances sensitivity and flexibility. It, de it does more than that. It, de it, it, it develops a, um, a, a dependency and a strong weave as youth become adults. Now there's a difference whether your family is plopped into a ministry as a family or if you are engaged in a ministry, let's say from the startup and the children gradually grow into uh, ministry. At any rate, developing a worldview in our families whether you're here or whether you're there, really does enhance sensitivity and flexibility. Children are invaluable in opening doors into parents' hearts and can be an effective channel to forge relationships with parents who have little or no interest. 
<clears throat> An example of this, once again, going back to Bangladesh, in that case, teachers go into schools and they are teaching English. And while they are doing so, they build solid, lasting, and meaningful relationships with the children. Guess what happens next? The children come to our house. And at that point, we have classes. We do things together with them. And they enjoy that. And we enjoy that. Guess what happens next? Parents that care about where their children are or what they are learning are likely to uh, get some information on what's going on at the house. And maybe eventually the children will be instrumental in drawing the parents. And ultimately, the parents are exposed to truth and to principle and these many things. So children can be very instrumental in this. Point number two, creative ways to develop mission interests in children. And uh, notice that I underscore creative ways and ways to develop interests in your children. If the family is going to be involved globally, somehow mom and dad need to put a little salt on the tongue that causes some thirst. Let's just look at some ideas. So maybe to create or stimulate that interest, you will target a country. And you will talk about that country to your children. And you will create some interest. And maybe the children will go to the school library and they'll begin to pull some books. Maybe they'll come home with some encyclopedias or something that gets some information. So they're going to wonder what's going on in this country. Afghanistan, in particular, one of the countries that we've been privileged to serve at, my wife and I, I'm just going to use this as an example. So the children are going to begin to see, oh, Afghanistan is a war-torn country. There's a lot of problems here. So what are the problems? Why, is, why are these a problem? And they may look at a picture like this, and Dad will explain, during the war, they take people and fill these containers and shoot them through with bullets. This is what happened here. And if you slip behind the fence, they will see things like these, empty shells. Other questions, so are these people harmful? What are they like? What do they look like? Here are some of the men having a meeting in the village. The next question, so what are the women like? What do they, how do they dress? What is life like for them? And so you continue, questions will come. What about religion? Are these people Christian? Are they Muslim? Obviously, very strong Muslim. So where do they live? What do their houses look like? How do they farm their land? What do they raise? Rice, wheat, and so on. So how do they do their harvesting? What does the John Deere combine look like in this country? Uh, after the, uh, or the, the, the wheat there, the next question, so what, what kind of food do they eat? Uh, how, do they, how do they do their bread? Here's an example. What else do they eat? Predominantly rice. How do they cook that? Usually outside. How do they eat? Usually on the floor and with their hands. By the way, that was an orphanage. So how do they make their tools? 
How do they build their equipment? Uh, fairly, fairly simple. How do they sew their clothes? This is one way. Uh, what does the downtown mechanic shop look like? Here's an example. Uh, what are their resources? So they're mining salt. I saw a pile of salt today in a salt presentation, I think. So here, uh, Afghanistan, at least in the north, where we were working, has a lot of salt. So they're bringing this out of the mountain in blocks. How do they process it from there? Start with sledgehammers, and then it goes into grinders. It's interesting how people are in there with their bare feet shoveling the salt. You don't know what all salt's been through when you get it at your table. So how do they, uh, how do they haul things around? What does the four-wheel drive look like? What does the Flying J look like over here? What does the Walmart look like? What does the super value look like? Where do these people get their produce, market things? Uh, what do the children do? Where do they live? What, what are their activities? Well, in this case, uh, the children are hauling water because there's no water in the village. They're doing this instead of going to school. This is a problem. So are there any projects going on in this country? Well, in this case, there was an attempt to bring sanitary water into their village. What does the backhoe look like? Well, a number of people can dig two miles in three days. No problem. Uh, here's what a finished product looks like. Nothing goes to waste. The goats get what runs over. And maybe they wonder, what does the shower look like? Here is one example. What are the children like? Are there handicapped children? In this case, there are little boys. What does school look like? Are these people friendly? Well, here's the outside of the school. Here's the inside. Your children are probably going to be interested in what this looks like and how does it work. Uh, what about developing relationships with the children? Are these possibilities? Are these children friendly? Would they like for us to come back? What are the chances to visit? The purpose of this slide, I think there's a pointer here somewhere. I'm not seeing it right now. But if you look up in the far distance there, you see villages dotted around. There are many opportunities. They were saying, Come back, help us. There is more to be done. So once again, <clears throat> I'm going to quickly go through these ideas. Target a country. And remember, we're talking about creative ways to stimulate interest in missions. Are there missionaries in the country? Read missionary stories. Read contemporary stories. Stories about what's happening right now. You might have to do some research but it's possible. Invite someone to your home for an evening of missionary stories and experiences. I had a young man that asked one time, would you come to our house, just our family, and we're going to sit in a circle and we want an evening of stories about what's going on in, in other countries. Think about actually taking the family to visit instead of a domestic vacation or outing. Good idea. Now, some countries like Afghanistan is not a good vacation resort. Uh, there's probably better places, but there are lots of other missions and places in the world that uh, you could take your family to. So think about that. And of course, there's a lot of questions that come up. When can we go? Who will meet us when we get there? What are we going to eat? Where are we going to sleep? Is this going to be in a mud hut? Is it going to be out on the ground? Many things. And 
Then, of course, beyond that, you'll need to be thinking about, I guess I'm one point ahead here, yet on that one, be creative about how you're going to get there and involve the family in meeting your goals. Now, obviously, yours are a little young. <laughs> Some others here are a little young. But uh, children that are a little bit older, when they have a vision and there's a little salt on their tongue, they're going to look for ways to help you achieve your goals. Put the oatmeal box on the counter with slot in it. As the children get older, have them do projects, mow grass for the neighbor, do things in a safe environment, um, and collect the money. You'd be surprised what happens. Talk to Gary Miller about little things adding up, and it, it can work, yes. All right, another way, care about people in a practical way at home. Children notice how you treat the neighbor, how you care about people around you. Develop that interest right there. It will spring to people further away. Expose children to newsletters, good missionary stories. We've already talked about that some. Live a kingdom-focused life yourself. Live a kingdom-focused life your, yourself. Explain to children. Now maybe this is more uh, developing interest on a local level, but explain to your children what dad is involved with. If dad is involved in a mission, it's very, very important that children understand what's going on and wives have a tremendous role to play in cultivating respect for dad's responsibility and helping the children to get behind and support what he is doing. Arrange for appropriate passages in Bible memory. Another very good way to stimulate interest. Reserve private uh, family time that all can enjoy. Well, these are some ways that we can develop mission interests in our children. Are we to be finished at what time? Five o'clock? At five. Okay. <clears throat> Let's go to point number three. Processing life's choices through the filter of ministry. This one is very, very important, at least to me it is. What are some ways we can do that? Number one, finances. The choices that you make in life with ministry in mind. Allow that filter to include finances. There are things that we can do that will simply cross off the possibility of global involvement in ministry with your family because you're obligated, financially obligated. And I know every situation is different, but money has the potential to either enable or to cripple your potential for ministry. Will this financial choice move me toward the goal of carrying forward the heart of God for the world. When you make that next purchase, that next decision, run it through the filter of what impact will this choice have on my ability to be the one that can be involved in some way. Very, very important. Be knowledgeable. Study a course at Faith Builders. Come to REACH 2000, 
16. You're already here now. Be knowledgeable. Uh, expand your world. Uh, and I don't recommend spending a lot of time with world news, but world news is helpful. Keep a, a bit of a tab on what's going on in different countries, especially if you're targeting a country. Keep track of what's going on there. It will enable you to be more objective about whether or not it's feasible to go there or if it's something that I will be able to do at some time. Involve the family in, in discussing ministry and your long-term goals. Long before our family, my wife and I went to work in Pakistan. We had talked about this. Yes, faith mission home for 25 years, but we were saying sometime when the children are grown or married or gone or taking care of themselves or all of the above, that uh, it'll be ministry abroad. We had a heart to do that. And uh, our family was involved in encouraging us to do just that. Tremendous blessing. Involve the family. Arrange life to teach sacrifice even though you can afford a higher standard. This is important for your family. Globally involve families. Maybe you would have the money to make an improvement in your house. Okay? You may choose to not do that to simply teach the value of sacrifice or something that will help your children to understand the difference between your culture and another, at least in a little way. It's just an idea. I think it's a good one. Keep a reminder on your desktop. I have a, a stone as a paperweight. I don't even know where it came from, but it's a blue stone. It's a pretty little stone, and I have it on my desk. And, and I have many things on my desktop. I, I'm, I'd be embarrassed for you to see it, at least at some times. Uh, there are many reminders on my desktop, but keep one there that reminds you of your goal, that reminds you of God's call on your life. I talk to so many people and they say, you know what, I'd, we want to do this sometime. We've thought about it. We think maybe sometime we will do this. Maybe we need to do more than that. I think I have another point on that uh, a little bit later. Let's go to this one. Number four, viewing all people as candidates for the kingdom of heaven. This is a very uh, important point. How do we view people? <clears throat> Number one, with your family, think about how did, to, to visualize, and, and use the example of Jesus. How did Jesus see people? Now, the, the Bible uses expressions like Jesus went out and he looked around and he cried. He saw people like sheep without a shepherd. He saw them in a hopeless, helpless situation. He visualized, he saw all of them as candidates for his kingdom. Visualize. Secondly, strategize. So when Jesus saw these people and their needs, what did he do? Well, he did different things. Usually, Jesus did things 
that helped people understand what he was saying about himself. For example, Jesus would say to people, I am the bread of life. He that comes to me shall never hunger. He that believeth on me shall never thirst. Words like this. And then Jesus proceeded at some point to actually feed bread to the multitudes. And so they were able to connect the dots. Oh, okay. There's this bread, but then there's this one over here. And if I receive this one, it's going to give life to me that goes beyond my hunger right now. And they could connect that dot. Strategize. It was Jesus' method. Strategy. And then to agonize. Agonize. At the tomb of Lazarus, for example, Jesus prayed to be able to accomplish the will of the Father and call attention to his purposes. When Jesus prayed, he agonized there. He prayed and he said, Lord, I just want people to see your power in my own words and the one that brings people from death to life and ultimately glorify you. It's an example. Agonize. We might say, pray, and then evangelize. Do something about it. Evangelize. How did people call, how did Jesus call people into his kingdom? Well, the woman at the well, for example, he said to her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that's talking to you, you would ask, and he would give you living water. What a blessing. Evangelize. Look to my last point uh, very quickly. <clears throat> Ways to plan deliberately for ministry abroad. I just got done saying that unless we do something fairly deliberate, it probably won't happen. We just won't get around to it. <clears throat> I'm going to highlight the word deliberately here. Plan deliberately for ministry. I might ask the question, how did you get here? How did you get to reach? You got in the car and you turned on the engine and somehow you landed here. You just showed up. Uh, no, probably not. I am going to guess that most everybody here, probably all of us, planned deliberately in some way to be here. We looked ahead. We made arrangements. We registered. We planned uh, for gas money or whatever. We planned to get here. How to plan deliberately for ministry. First, sharpen your tools and God will give you work. Sharpen your tools. Dull, rusty tools are disgusting. Dull, rusty tools are disgusting. But sharp, usable tools are so gratifying. You reach into the box, the right wrench is there for the right job. How do we get that done? Number one, prepare your own heart. Prepare your own heart. Be convinced. Be burdened for the people around you. We will not be effective by default. A couple of scriptures here. For example, in 1 Peter 3.15, but sanctify, make holy the Lord God in your heart, hearts, and be ready always to give an answer 
to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. Another point, Colossians 4, 5. Walk in wisdom. Walk in wisdom toward them that are without. That involves the family as well. Redeeming the time. Let your speech be always with grace. Let your activity, let your lifestyle be always with grace. Let your lifestyle always reflect whose you are and who you serve, uh, that ye may know how you ought to answer every man. Prepare your own heart. Second, prayer. By understanding the mind and the heart of the Father in reaching the world. Pray as Jesus taught, where he said, Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest, that he would send forth everybody except for me. Huh? Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest, that he would send labors. And I'm going to suggest what Jesus is saying. We should be praying the Lord of the harvest, that he would prepare us personally to go into his field, along with others, of course. We would pray that he would send. Yes, Jesus is building his church. We are very clear about that. In prayer, our assignment is to understand what direction God is moving, to attempt to understand what God is doing, what he wants to do, and then to fall in step and in cooperation with his great plan. Pray ye the Lord of the harvest. It was the practice of Jesus as he poured out his life to minister to the multitudes. <clears throat> Shape your values to include a burden for people. Shape your values to include a burden for people. Do they know that I care? People don't know how much we know until they know how much we care. Shape your values, whether it's financial, whether it's, whether it's your work, church life, home life. Shape your values to include a burden for people. Your family, your children know whether you really, really care about people and about their needs and the call of God. A little story, and then we're almost finished. About a year ago, I was uh, giving a presentation in um, Belleville, I believe it was. It doesn't matter, but I think so. And uh, I showed some slides of people uh, ladies especially from Bangladesh that had been hurt in the uh, collapse of the Rana Plaza, the big garment factory, and their amputees. Some of them, both legs missing, some a leg and an arm, some arms, some one leg, all different uh, situations. And we have an ongoing ministry uh, with these people. And uh, so after the, uh, the, the presentation, I said, now, just in case, you know, these, these women were involved in... Uh, uh, sewing, 
they were involved in a sewing factory, and maybe this has to do with uh, creativity. Yeah, we have some Belleville folks here. God bless you. Um, maybe, maybe there is someone that would be interested in uh, sponsoring a sewing machine for these people. And I had done my research, and I knew that I could buy a brand new flying man or butterfly equal to a singer sewing machine in Bangladesh for 100 US dollars. I could get it with a motor attachment. I could get it with a hand drive for people with no legs. You could get it standard with the treadle. And these are like the old style sewing machines, but they're brand new. They all come from China. Um, and so uh, I just, I mentioned this as a possibility. Well, when we got home, a few days later, I get a letter in the mail. And uh, two children, I think a 13 and a 15 year old maybe. And uh, hi, I am... Ben, let's say, and I am 14 years old. I was touched by the needs of these people, and I want someone to have a sewing machine. Here is my $100. Another letter from a young girl. Hi, I am Hannah. I don't remember the name. I am this age. I have a burden for these people, and I want one of them to have a sewing machine, would you do this? And so that money was taken and machines were gotten for these people and following that I was able to get back to these young children. In fact, I think I sent them uh, pictures just to keep them connected. But it is a tremendous way to develop interest and make a connection through a sponsorship, through a self-help program or something like this. Um, I was going to say something else, but I lost my thought. Um, developing an interest. <clears throat> Include ministry in your budget. Think ahead. Include ministry in your budget. We have savings accounts. We have things, you know, boxes, pockets where we put money. Start one for ministry. Plan deliberately for ministry. Sharpen your tools and God will give you work. <clears throat> Concluding comment. The church's task, maybe we should say the family's task, is to make the Lord Jesus visible, intelligible, and desirable to all men. This underscores the involvement of the larger church family in effectively fulfilling the commission of Christ to the world. If all men need Christ, and if we owe a knowledge of Christ to all men, manifestly it is our duty, and I'm going to say our opportunity, our privilege, to take that knowledge to them. God bless you. Perhaps there's something you want to say. I think our time is finished, but if you... Uh, is there time for a question here? We're finished. A couple minutes. All right. We just have a little bit of time. If you want to say something, a comment or a question, Samuel. This recording and many others are available through Christian Learning Resource, the campus bookstore at Faith Builders. Order online at www.christianlearning.org or call 877-222-4769.